Welcome to this episode of SheePods. My name is Killing Gohill and I am currently a trainee solicitor within the Birmingham team. I'm currently within the project and commercial team. I've got the lovely opportunity to interview my supervisor, Caroline Chester. Thank you, Killing, for such a lovely introduction. Um, I'm Caroline. I'm a, a senior associate in the commercial projects team, and we're talking about variation clauses today. What is a variation clause? Good question. A variation clause, um, which is sometimes called an amendments clause or a no variation clause or a no oral modification clause, sets out a prescribed procedure for the parties to follow when they want to vary a contract. Uh, it's usually meant to exclude the possibility of any informal or perhaps accidental oral vari uh, variations being made and so ensures that both parties have certainty regarding what they're agreeing and what changes they want to make to their legal, legal relationship. Mm. So what does a variation clause look like? Well, it's a very simple clause um, and usually provides that to be effective. Uh, a variation is in writing and signed by both parties. That's it. Uh, there's usually very little negotiation or no negotiation on such a clause because it's so simple. An example would, we'd see in a contract would look like this. It would say, no variation of this agreement shall be effective unless it's in writing and signed by the parties or their authorised representatives. Interesting. So why do you think these are included in two contracts? Um, well, why should one be included, I guess, to start with? Um, it discourages contract managers from making informal changes. Sometimes we see clients with very enthusiastic sales teams who um, promise lots of things informally, but really shouldn't become part of the contract. Sometimes we need to remind people that informal changes are likely to be ineffective. They also help keep track of changes to long-term or complex contracts in writing and helps with um, kind of legal contract uh, management. So why may a party wish not to include a variation clause? Um, sometimes uh, for speed of contract, if it's a low risk contract or um, if there's a contract where the terms are unlikely to change, probably because it's so short form or of a one-off purchase, you don't need it. Um, or if there's no danger of undocumented informal changes. So what happens if you don't have a variation clause in, a, in an agreement? Uh, well, if there's no variation clause, but then the parties want to vary the contract, they can still try, um, but they'll need to do it in the normal way under common law, um, how they'd normally form a contract. Most contracts can be varied informally, so that's by uh, verbally or by conduct. Um, that means you don't need writing or a signature. Formality, so writing and a signature is only really required where uh, by statute. It's needed for a contract formation, um, but usually we require a contract to be set out in writing for certainty over what's agreed, and that's what we usually advise clients to do. So when a variation clause is most useful? We advise that they go in all contracts, um, but they're most useful in longer term contracts where there's a, a greater chance that the term may change or the services to be provided may change um, or service added on, for example. Sometimes clients want to track variations in writing for good contract management, which means the legal team, uh, our in-house clients can track what's happening and have got a record. Um, but also for short-term changes, uh, sometimes we want to see that the changes have been done in writing so that everybody knows when the contract has happened. We've got a clear record of also when performance is complete. 
So thank you for providing so much theory on the variation clauses. But what is the actual practical value of a variation clause? They're really useful uh, mainly because they prevent attempts by a party, perhaps somebody within a party that may not have the authority they think they do sometimes, to undermine what's written out in a contract and change um, what's already been agreed as legally binding. And some parties where particularly there's a balance imbalance of the, the power between two parties, we can see abusive attempts to change a contract. Um, and unless it's done in writing, it has been held as not valid. Also, it avoids any disputes about whether a variation was intended or not and its exact terms. In particular, if there are complicated variations or uh, new service lines being added or extension of terms with perhaps um, break clauses or something a little bit more complicated in there, um, if we can get that down in writing in a formal variation, then it avoids any disputes which could become costly. Uh, and finally, um, it makes it easier for businesses to police their own internal rules if they've got particular um, records kept of their contracts, not only for the current contract, and then they'll know exactly when the, the term is ended and performance is finished, but also for future re uh, relationships with similar companies where they can look back on what they'd agreed previously and then perhaps replicate that for new contracts going forward. So what happens if you ignore a variation clause and seek to amend the contract in a way not provided for? in that contract? Well, there's been a case recently called Rock Advertising Limited versus MWB Business Exchange Centers Limited. I say recent, it was from 2018, um, which had a no oral modification clause in it, which meant that the party thought that they should only change the contract in writing at the point it was signed. But then the parties decided that they would try and change the contract orally. The court held that actually their original no oral modification clause was legally effective. And even though the parties tried to change the contract orally afterwards, it was invalid. They had to do it in writing. To hold otherwise, the court decided it would override the party's intentions because they couldn't validly bind themselves as to how future changes in their legal relationship was to be achieved. Um, however clearly they express their attention. The court also decided there were legitimate commercial reasons for using a no oral modification clause because they prevent attempts to undermine written agreements by informal means. They avoid disputes, so we've also covered whether a variation has been intended or not and in exact terms, and they provide formality in recording variations, as we've already covered. So who signs the variation agreement to make sure that it is legally effective? Signing a variation agreement is exactly the same procedure as you'd sign for any contract. Um, you need to make sure that who's signing has uh, authorization to do so as an authorized representative. Um, otherwise, the variation could be considered void and will therefore have no effect. So if you want to rely on a variation or sign up to a variation, make sure the right people are signing. Well, thank you for that. And is there anything else you'd like to add to the point around variation clauses? Only really that if we're varying a contract, we need to think about the same things as we would do when we sign a contract for the first time. So the same principles we need to cover um, offer acceptance, consideration is one sometimes you need to think about and an intention to create legal relations or in this case, changing the contract so that the terms agreed are legally binding. Well, thank you for that, Caroline. I really appreciate your time. Um, and that brings the end of the session. We hope you found it informative. Of course, if you need any assistance in any aspects of law that we've touched on today, please don't hesitate to get in touch with either myself or Caroline and we'll be very happy to help. Thank you very much. 